And now back to your regular programming. If you speak better to yourself. <laughs> you showed up for like probably the dumbest conversation we've ever had on this show. Let's have that smile again. Tell me how that happens. Physically should not happen. <laughs> Relax. If you say Give me uh as well. Three times a day. God will light it up. It's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by the teammates every week. And, you know, it's, it's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, my former teammate, former roommate from the University of Rhode Island, Mr. Sean Anderson. Today, we're going to be talking about a massive, actually two massive landscape changes in the world of college football. We're going to be talking about the news surrounding Chip Kelly jumping to Ohio State, what that means for the potential possibility that other Power 5 sitting head coaches could take offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator gigs, as well as breaking down news, but unexpected, that the FCS and the Division One AAA, which I didn't even know was a thing, uh, is making these behind closed doors moves to figure out how their version of football is going to look in the near future. Before we get to that, folks, Sean, can you read the the Super Bowl ad read after the game has been played? Could you do that? <laughs> yeah, I won a ton of money on Sunday. Obviously, that's why I'm smiling I won and all of the you. money. <laughs> yeah, the Gatorade color was yellow. Uh, so just so you just just for every anybody, I don't know. Uh, regardless. Taping before the Super Bowl, got a lot of bets to place. Very excited for it. It's probably, I mean, it's the hack's biggest gambling day of the year. All the non-gamblers come out and make their bets, and there's a lot of money moving around. It is exciting, though. As hack and as true bettors, you're kind of like, ugh, when you see the the amateurs come in and start winning money. Uh, it, it is repulsive, but it is fun. Uh, if you're doing any gambling, uh, even after the Super Bowl, uh, remember, bet online. That's your number one source. That's where you need to go. Uh, it's it, if you're if you're betting on the championship, if you're betting on hockey, MLB, NBA, college basketball is heating up. I, I talked about college basketball with a dude at a party last night for 45 minutes instead of talking to women because I need some plays. Head to Bet Online, enjoy the day. Get in on the action. Bet Online. The game starts here. Are you talking to Cam Rogers? No. I- I, I had a, I had a couple good good uh, I I should have texted them to you. He had a I shared a room with him this weekend. A couple he had a couple good one liners. Not like a wow that was really great comment by Cam. More Hold like on. A, like a oh uh, okay. I have never heard somebody say that they're the king of Radio Row more than Cam Rogers said in a three day period. That was constantly repeated. What what are you? Oh, you shared a room with him. Yeah, I didn't tell you this. Give me the information, brother. This is, is a, this is breaking news. He is a very low maintenance person to share a room with. It was fine. What? Yeah, I mean, Did he, he was, snore. No, no. Did I put up the bathroom. No, I put my I put my headphones on and I you know I slept oh, I and didn't even that. didn't even notice. Um, How were the, your manners in the room as sharing a room? Because I know at times I, when I've shared rooms with you, you can be rather messy. Only when I'm. Wait, the times I've shared rooms with you were times when you and I were getting after it. Like we were drunk messes. So obviously I'm going to make a freaking mess everywhere with, is, with pizza. Is that an indictment and, on me then? No, <laughs> but I was in a work setting. So I was barely in the room. You know, I like had a little desk set up and, and we were, you know, bouncing in and out of the room. So, you know, it, it was what it was. I will say the only thing, and I, I doubt Cam listens to this because I, 
I do remember one time he listened and we said something negative about him and he brought it up in a meeting. <laughs> he took it a little too I personally. Love Cam. Yeah, I have we, to say I we, love Cam. We say everything jokingly. We, we we make fun of people that we we interact with because we think that they won't mind because we're not trying to be mean spirited. Um, yeah. But he is the type of guy that like when you're laying in bed and you're trying to go to sleep and he just keeps talking. And you're just like, hey man, oh. hey man, it's past 11, 11. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm I'm in bed. I got my headphones on. I'm it's listening quiet to, time. To, to yeah, I'm listening to videos and I'm about to go to sleep. Like, what are we what are we really doing here? Those are the Hey, ones. do you think Rex Grossman made a lot of money in the NFL? I'm like, what why are you bringing this up now? Let's talk about Who's that. Who's done tomorrow. that to you? Any <laughs> just any oh I you know me, I was the I was the rotating cast member member of of roommates when, it, when we were traveling. I had a different oh. one every time, basically. So dudes were some some guys were silent. Some guys would talk. Some guys were locked in. Some guys were trying to find a way to play Xbox. Like it's just everyone's a little bit weird with it uh, before what games. An I, Xbox I'm, on the road. Don't you worry about it. Is somebody that did not stay on the team very long. Uh, regardless, uh, not surprised. I cannot believe you were breaking that Cam Rogers news that you guys stayed in the room together. I I mean I don't know what. Uh... I mean, did I you make know. any of his TikToks? He makes TikTok. No, did you make I didn't, any, any I videos? Mean, I didn't make it in it. What? Did I make videos or did did you, you make sing? in in any of his? Oh, like no. featured member. What? No, didn't make. No, I, I mean, no. I'm not cool. No enough. eye for content. There's I, yeah. no eye. I, I'm not good enough. He should have done serious. Watch me wake up my believe coworkers at 6 a.m. <laughs> banging pots and pans. That should have been a. That should have been your bit. Uh, all right, to get back to football, though, we're going to share a quick recap at the end of my trip to Vegas, but I know everybody here is f- here for college football, so we're here to talk about college football. It was reported on this week by On3. Eric Prisbell wrote this really good article. I saw it. I read it, and then I saw Sam Herder, friend of the show. He had reshared it, talking about how the FCS subdivision and then this new entity that I have, unless I'd love for our listeners to Open my eyes to understanding what the hell is the division one triple A that apparently that yeah oh you haven't heard of the they governed over you while you were playing for four years and you didn't know about that what I've never heard about this Montana has been a uh, has had a long standing relationship (laughs) these northeasterners they don't know anything and they shouldn't talk about FCS football (laughs) yeah shut the hell up look this article though is really interesting because and it's from the perspective of uh. Ryan Ivey, who is Stephen F. Austin's athletic director. And the main talking point in this, and I I implore everybody to go read this, is how they're currently trying to be proactive in navigating and preparing for the impending doom that we talked about on last show, which is the Big Ten and the SEC swallowing up other teams and turning into two super conferences, leaving the strange middle ground that, one, will be the G5, but more importantly, what will happen with the FCS? My main takeaway from this and what was talked about, and I'll let you read the quote that you loved that you said beforehand, was that their priority is creating a landscape for education to be the priority, which makes a lot of sense. It's going to be really similar probably to the Ivy League, and that's going to be kind of, I feel like, some of the main factors that they take from it on how this is going to play out because what they talked about here is revenue sharing sounds great and it works well with all these big programs the g5 makes a little bit of money the fcs sure as shit does not will there be nil money for these guys to make 
I know of the Rhode Island football team getting a little bit of money thrown their way from NIL and whatnot. But I'm telling you right now, there is going to be no revenue sharing because there is no revenue to share. Yeah, the directly from Ivy, there's no revenue to share, my friend. When I'm sharing nothing, it's still nothing. And at the end of the year, do I get to send any everyone a bill for the debt we have? It's different. We're not uh, guys that played P5 and, and saw the inner workings of that massive machine. We saw inner workings of FCS football and and all of <laughs> pulling together hundreds of people just to keep one program afloat, to keep athletes coming to the school, trying to get fans in the stand, trying to keep football alive at colleges uh, that, that present and open up opportunities for uh, millions of athletes a year. So that should be their number one goal. Academic focus is great. That's fine. Let's keep on making athletes smarter. Let's keep on making anyone to go to college smarter. Pretty good plan. That math is going to add up for me. But sport preservation and athlete preservation is the number one factors for me throughout this entire, whatever they're developing. A lot of this, if you read the article, it just sounds like a lot of buzzwords you might hear from any uh, press yeah. conference. It, it's very buzzwordy. Like we're really making the strides to move forward in the most proactive way possible. Okay. That means you're going to work. That's what that means. And I appreciate you're going to work with a focus on it, but there needs to be the keep sports alive factor at as many schools as possible as possible. It impacts too many lives individually and generally for that to go by the wayside. And I think the FCS does a, a, a good job with that. They do. They're, they're very good at keeping it alive. They need to keep that as the main focus. You can't keep up with the Joneses They're They're not, you're, you're in a different state than the Joneses. So, and, and, and I think they're being realistic about it also. One of the great quotes, we're not Texas A&M. Hmm. We have different standards and we have different ways of operating and they're not, they're taking themselves seriously, which I appreciate. It seems like whatever this group is that they have a pulse and they're taking it seriously, which seeing some of the FBS stuff is refreshing. You can come to Noca Doches and try and get money out of us, but I don't know where it's coming from is a bar. Uh, it's a hell of a line. It's just like, I don't have shit for It's like when, um, you know, you're one buddy who's got a little bread and then, you know, everybody's trying to get their businesses launched or whatnot. And they're like, Hey man, I don't have any damn money. Don't come calling. Don't come calling me. I don't have any money. I might look like I got money, but it's not for you to spend. No, in all seriousness though, that to me is, I think the fundamental aspect of this, where there's going to be a lot of FCS kids. And I don't know if you saw this video where the Tulsa coach. Was, I did. Was, was reading a uh, text exchange either from an incoming recruit or transfer portal player that was like, coach, I'm looking for X amount of dollars. This is what I was getting or something along those lines. He was very open, transparent yeah. about how the conversation would go. And I think the athlete said the right thing. The, uh, the Tulsa coach noted the athlete said, hey, you know, I'm not out, you know, playing the sport solely for money, but it is a factor. I'm paraphrasing, but he wasn't like, how much am I going to get paid? It was, hey this is now a factor in the current landscape. It's irresponsible for me to not ask right. about it. My, my biggest piece on this, and I don't think that there is a lot to truly dissect. And I, I'm probably going to move on soon to the Chip Kelly stuff, because like you said, this is all athletic director buzzwords. This is all buzzwords. This is a first step before 
the real step. This is a, let's do an art, you know, let's, let's get an article out there. Let everybody start talking about it. See who is willing to contribute to the discussion and be a part of this and who on the national landscape, maybe at the larger levels will pay attention to this so that we can get this thing moving. But the biggest, I think, part of all this is that acknowledging that this all has a trickle down effect on who gets killed the most. So the two biggest conferences are going to become the priority. The mid-level P5 teams probably going to get chopped off and move down to G5. The G5 teams, the lower level G5 teams are going to probably trickle out and we're probably going to see some that move back down to FCS. And then most of the quality FCS programs are going to be for the most part what we see from Division 2 and Division 3. Because a lot of that talent that normally would slip through a lot of fingers of a lot of big teams that were forced to transfer down and then play and then move on back up or whatnot before the transfer portal rules, the NIL, all that stuff. Now that that's not on the table, these rosters are starting to get more and more bare. The money comes for the players that are supremely talented, that are good enough to get shots at the NFL or to be high-level NFL players. The FCS right now doesn't have a lot of that, and I would expect that that talent is going to dwindle even further. I think that the real killer in all this is probably going to be the Division Two and Division Three levels, where we're going to see more and more of those teams drop down to club level or completely dissolve their programs. And then I don't even know what happens with NAIA. I don't even know what is even on the radar for that. It's, I think FCS is kind of like you've let, if you're playing FCS football, the market has spoken for you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Now with that, you can go up or down, but at, when you are at a team at the FCS, that's what the market is saying. It's a really good barometer for that. And there's going to be G5 guys that end up playing FCS. that are too good. Move back up. There's going to be uh, guys that transfer to the FCS have to move down. We've seen it all over the place. It's a great meter for playing competitive, like really competitive football. Uh, anything below isn't as competitive. Anything above, all right, that's where the talent size strength kicks in. But for really, just really competitive football, FCS is really is strong for it. So I think they stay alive. I think they need to, you just need to preserve, they, they need to continue to be as flexible as possible. That's one of the things that they've been strong mm-hmm. with. And everything that's been thrown at them. I'm not, maybe it's just because there's not as much reporting on it. And I know teams struggled with NIL, transfer portal, whatever it is, but I'm not seeing FCS coaches uh, crying poverty or, or, or making it seem like it, the world is ending. They're just saying, hey, this is what the landscape is. We're going to bounce back, rally, figure it out. You cannot start. This is not the time to start getting stubborn as the FCS. If you want to stay alive, you need to continue to bob and weave. And then again, naturally, you're going to the market is going to figure you out. You are going to end up with the talent best for your conference, best for your subdivision that they're just going to continue to be the market. Now, the other massive wave hitting move that happened this weekend was Chip Kelly, the UCLA head coach who was rumored to be heading to Seattle to be their next offensive coordinator. He ends up after Bill O'Brien moves on to Boston College, taking the Ohio State offensive coordinator gig. Now, I don't want to because I think that we, you and I have spent a lot of time talking overarching this offseason so far, and I kind of want to stick with that theme. This is obviously great for Ohio State. He is a brilliant offensive coordinator. But I would like to just dive in a little bit here, Sean, on 
the fact that we have seen something unprecedented happen. A head coach in the same conference is leaving their team to take over as a coordinator. We saw Jeff Halfley. We saw him do that. Leave Boston College, take an NFL coordinator gig. Some people called him crazy. Most understood this is a better job. But to move across the conference to jump down to a coordinator level for a lot of extenuating circumstances, I think is an indicator that in the future of college football, in the coming years, we're going to see more of this. A lot more of these lower-level P5 programs to mid-level P5 programs losing their head coaches because teams that are trying to go on championship runs are offering big dollars in order for them to come and be their offensive or defensive coordinators. We are going to start to see more and more of this. I think you're right. I'm not excited about it, and I don't think Chip Kelly is – I actually don't think that Chip Kelly is the big hire that shifts this entire, uh, uh, you know, head coaches becoming coordinators in conference. I don't think he's the big move – that, that makes it happen. We saw Entz from North Dakota State, USC, kind of lost our minds about it. And we're like, ah, you were a head coach and went, you know, always in it. And I, I get that ladder. This isn't that. Chip Kelly never felt like the man to me. He never felt, it never felt like he wanted to be the man. When he was coaching in the NFL with Philly, never felt, it always felt like coordinator playing head coach. UCLA, same thing. Could he build a program, recruit his ass off? Sure. I think he's a great coach. I think he's fine, but I don't think he's the man. The, the big, leader give me the plan i want to move all the chess pieces myself i think he likes calling offenses and 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 great ohio state you got a guy who's passionate about it who has experience and knows how to use talent nobody's nobody's gonna say uh lashawn mccoy was underused with chip kelly in his prime no he also got rid of him (laughs) yeah he did get rid of him i think but lashawn mccoy was a bit out of his prime he might have chip kelly might have seen the the he might have foreshadowed how running backs are going to get treated a bit early. But it's a fine ad for Ohio State. This isn't my Armageddon uh, Armageddon situation or scenario. My Armageddon uh, situation would be like if who's, – who's dummy at Iowa State? Matt Campbell? Mm. If he – real leader in the Big Ten, if he Big were 12. to have signed on – or Big 12 – uh, signed on and and started really moving. Somebody of that, it, and he's a different type of guy because he's a true he's a true football coach leader in it. Wants the chess pieces. If those guys start moving in that in that in that brand of coach, then we start looking around like, wow, this this these two leagues are going to start sucking up everybody. They will. That I agree with because y- you bring up a really good point here. I mean, I kind of breezed past the extenuating extenuating circumstances. UCLA has been pretty badly devoid of funding over the past few years. And some people kind of try to argue with that. And I was just on my show with Blake where he was arguing with me and saying, well, where the hell did they get the money to pay Dante Moore? That was one kid. If you look at their basketball program, which is historically, that was the Alabama of basketball for a very long time is dog shit. It's bad right now. So there has not been a commitment, and the coach has been vocal about this, to feeding either of those athletic programs to be as good as they potentially could be where they sit in Los Angeles. So that kind of factors into this. Chip getting complacent in recruiting and not wanting to recruit. All that stuff comes into play into this. So he was looking to jump ship no matter what. Oh, yeah. 
I, I wonder, I mean, if Bill O'Brien, if he's hired, I don't, or not hired, I don't think that Chip Kelly, this, any of this even happens. You know, I think that they probably would have gone in a different direction and we wouldn't have even considered any of this. I, I mean, I'd even take it a step further that like somebody not like Matt Campbell, who has been a little cooled down lately, but somebody in one of these power five conferences that's not yeah. on the way out, that's trying to reset their clock. If they jumped and took a job, a coordinator job, then I agree would, would be the real panic button. But I think that this is a first domino. I think that other coaches and agents are going to say to their guys and be like, hey, you know, look, that look what we just did for Chip and everybody's all high on him and happy about yeah, him. Chip's kind of a punk, though. I don't think a lot of I, I think these coaches, you got to remember, these coaches are so proud. They want to be a lot of these dudes. They want to be that they want to upset other coaches. They want to build their own thing. Uh, eventually that bug hits everyone where it's where you want to win a championship. But I don't think we're ever going to see a time where there won't be hungry, motivated young coaches that want to just to build something up and build themselves up. I actually think the coaching pool, even as we continue to move to lame ass analytics and everyone continues to use it, I still think the coaching pool is strong and that there will be uh, plenty of good candidates to because. Con- uh, how many I was shocked, Joe, at Rhode Island, right? How many guys that we played with that went into coaching? I was genuinely shocked. Wow. I, I was. I'm, I'm sitting here like we had over a dozen guys go into coaching on one did team. We, did we? Oh, yeah. All over the place. Sticking at Rhode Island. Nasir, Yanni, Everybody's Nons, all. Dwayne. Dwayne. Emil. Book. Oh, yeah. Book's coaching high school. Yeah. High school too, coaching every coaches everywhere, and this is one school. I, you you can't imagine how many former players are going into coaching. It, it that won't get watered down. Guys want to stay around the sport. That's good. Chip Kelly's a punk. I don't think that that crushes them though. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, there's kind of excited to see it. I'm kind of this is the one thing I'm excited to see. I want to see how coaches get their teams outside of the big conference going uh, the the big two conferences when the when the big 10 and the sec come together and we see the 40 teams or whatever all right cool that's going to take up a ton of attention i'm terribly interested in watching who the next guys are going to be from the outside who performs well it's like when you when you uh, learn about a really good mac coach like jason candle this year was a really mm-hmm. hot name and you're like yeah holy hell he could be coaching somewhere else improving him it, it, it i think that we're going to continue to have that well, Candle, and this is where the world before this was always made a lot of sense, where a lot of these high-level G5 coaches, head coaches, inevitably would get brought up as coordinators for these bigger program jobs. Like we just saw South Alabama's guy left to go to Alabama. Candle has been brought up often for a lot of these offensive coordinator openings. Same thing with Joe Moorhead. Um that's where like I'm trying to get at here is that we've already expanded into the next wave where it's not just the best G5 coaches. It is coaches, not even the, doesn't even have to be the best low level P5 coaches, just coaches at the low level P5 spot being willing to take coordinator jobs. I am more curious to see who could be that next one to do it because I think a lot of these top programs, now that money is able to more freely flow, that they're going to stupidly and irrationally spend it. 
Here's something I just, just to draw it back real quick to Chip Kelly, Ohio State. Do you think they wanted an, a, a guy with experience as a head coach to kind of get into that system in case I think they just wanted the best have guy. a good year? You don't, oh, you don't think that, that Chip Kelly's ever Ohio State head coaching contingency plan? No, I actually. Oh, go, come on, oh, you got to be. You got to kind of root for it. I no, I actually got to root for, for the circus to come to town. I'm sorry, I'm pulling for it. I'll go That's as far the as only to say, scenario that I'm rooting for. You're a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go as far as to say I don't think that Chip Kelly is realistically going to be offered a good head coaching gig in a while. I, I really don't. I think that his hey, he could cool off for a little bit. I just think his trajectory has just gone so downhill since the Oregon job that he has gone from Oregon to getting fired in Philadelphia to fired in San Francisco to almost fired at UCLA to the point where he just jumps ship and leaves on his own. Yeah, he was horrible in San Francisco. Was he the head coach? Yeah. What? Yeah. What year? Who did they have at quarterback? Oh, my God. Wait. Cause Har- it was Harbaugh had that was twenty. He was there Kaepernick. for one year in twenty sixteen, and let's look up twenty sixteen forty ers Um, still on that team, I think so. Thad Lewis. Wait, no, 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 no. He was signed. Um, he drafted DeForest Buckner. That's a good pick. Why doesn't it? show me any stats or anything what the all right wait here's football reference this okay. is great this is great radio um passing passing where's the passing stats i can tell you the punting so, stats. Wait, wait, oh it was Ka- just... it was kaepernick and gabbert Ka- kaepernick oh, okay. and gabbert gotcha that, that was like the last years of the both of them like getting shot he was the head coach. He wasn't the coordinator. He was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. You're not, they you're were, not, tri- you're not like long conning me. No, here, they were I genuinely, this one, I can't. Oh, that team was bad. They hired, it was, <laughs> you know what it was comparable to? It uh, was just like the Frank Reich hire with the Colts. Carolina. Or not oh, with the Colts, with, the, with oh. no, 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 with, with Carolina, where, oh, okay, gotcha. Things gotcha, didn't gotcha, end well, gotcha. but you're kind of like, okay. This could still work because he did some good stuff. And then oh, I forgot about that. He team. comes in oh, and nobody so respects good. him and they just suck. And then everyone's like, oh, um, okay. And I forget if Jim Tom Sula was after him or if I think NFL and... teams need to really bottom out to, to, to get the reset. You can't just go through a half-assed reset where you still have some talent. Like Carolina bottomed out, bottomed out this, that this year. Uh, that 2016 Niners team, they had to really bottom out with Chip Kelly to see how bad it could get to yeah. learn what you needed to fix. Sometimes you need to get to rock bottom to figure it all out I for miss, football programs. I miss when the 49ers were bad. It was a much simpler time. God, I have no, I have no interest in the 49ers winning the Super Bowl or the Chiefs. None. I got zero juice for this game. I'm taking the under because I'm pissed. <sighs> I, <laughs> can I pit, can I bet both teams lose? Is there a way to take that bet? Is there a way to bet that Taylor Swift's jet doesn't doesn't make it to to oh, Vegas? Well, she stole their jet because of the fallout. Well, you talking a lot about betting? How'd Vegas go for you? Okay, yeah. So let's talk about it. So that, I mean, to anyone wondering, that's the tra- Yes, I transitioned to it for you. Let's up. talk about it now. To anyone wondering. God. I lost 
I was I I you know I lost three hundred dollars playing blackjack, which was not good. I I I mean the first day I did fine. I was up some bread, and then I lost it all the second day. And I was like, all right, we gotta pull out more money. We're gonna get this thing right. And then <laughs> we lost all of it again. It was not a good. I don't not think a good finish. I don't think I'd be a lose my money for two hours at a table type of guy. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But it would be my frequency would be high. I think like before or after going to dinner. I'd be like, let me just pop in for a quick hand, see how it goes. We were and doing it mostly after. I would, just, uh, I would just periodically go throughout my day and place bets until I caught fire. Like that, that's how, <coughs> and at the end, I'd probably lose $300 like you did. But uh, I, that would be my strategy. Just, sp- just take some time, mm-hmm. find the right, w- just wait. I got to be more patient at Vegas. I've still never been. I, it it's overrated. No it's, what? It, it's re- it can't be. You're I not think it's really it. overrated. I think it's though. really disorienting being in the same damn building <laughs> and not going outside for three days. That was really goddamn disorienting. That was really weird. Well, you, I think Radio Row is a different animal though, right? You're, you're just in, it's just so much mixing around, so much movement. Yeah, Has I mean, well, the you can't center, say Vegas is overrated. It was, it's got to kick ass. It, okay. It was fun. You know, and I was there for work, but like I didn't get really, really get the chance to really experience it. I also get really anxious when I lose money. So like oh, that yeah. to me is not fun. Oh, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. We went out to the MGM. I got for, for new listeners. Joe came and visited and in Maryland close to me, there's an MGM and okay. Joe came down and said, we were kind of all pretty still fired up about going into the casino 21, 22. And, uh, Joe comes down. I don't think he placed a bet all night. I didn't, I didn't have, have any money. I, I didn't, didn't have, have any money. money. I, I didn't have any money. Shut I up. I wasn't in California yet. Shut up. I, I had that. no money to, to bet. That. By the way, what killed my juice? You were trying to tell me I should have played roulette. I was up. You got to get. And that then ball the going. second day, before I played blackjack, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna throw fifty dollars on black. And you know, some guy completely ruined my juice. I put fifty dollars on black. Guy at the table puts his stuff on red and goes, "You're going against me." What he an says asshole! That to me. And I'm like, "What an asshole!" Oh, I've um, seen that okay. You see me put seventy five on red, right? You see, yeah. you see me. You watch me do that. You're standing at the table. You can pick it whenever. I see the screen. I see it's been black six straight times. I'm like, I'm gonna just put it on red. Why not? And then someone else just puts it right on black. It's gonna be black again. It's not. It was red, but, but why would you? Why is this now a challenge? A kind right. of one v one on just roulette. Shut the hell up! Just shut the, the hell up! I'm just trying, trying to play to a little roulette. Meal. Just shut up! Like I'm not You're betting against you, you dickweed. Like shut up. Poker, oh, I get. Poker, I get. The people's the problem. I think is is, is my vibe with, 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 with Vegas just, and shit. It's just vibes. It's just for people like me that like to see that yeah. ball skip and bounce. It's electric. It's a feeling you can't replicate with any other game in the casino maybe the first flip of your blackjack uh card maybe but roulette the team needs to be together play your numbers i i don't care i like getting on other people's numbers everyone gets hot together it's a good time but when you start fading each other on the outside yeah. that's bullshit that's soup that that, that that that's just like you're being uh, uh argumentative to be argumentative almost we we put the it's not like he immediately did it to fade me like it the the bets were placed like at the same time. Like it was like right when everyone was like putting stuff down where I didn't even see he was doing it. And I, I don't think he saw that I was doing it. So after the bets were placed is when he pointed out, you're fading me is what this guy looked at me and said. And I'm like, okay, man, I'm sorry. Like, and then he won the bet. I, well, I, I, but, but you had your chips down first. 
I don't know who had them down first. I think they were placed like right at the same time, which is regardless. You don't say anything. That's the only except, but you never say what kind of karma is that? Why are you even saying that at the table? You're, you're, there's no, the piece yeah. of people don't know any decorum for playing the outside of roulette. If you see somebody making a big play, let them and then get in on but the it, play. But after. it wasn't, but it, it wasn't even that. The, it's not like he timed it. I, I, he might've put his down before me. My point is that no matter what, whose bets are on the table, they, I mean, if my bet is on on red fi- 34 and, uh, you know, somebody else has a bet on black nine, I don't, I don't know if these numbers even correlate. Like, like we're obviously that's, going against each other. Shut That's the, fine. Just don't say anything. Okay, wait, we're, we're, we're laboring on, no, no, we're I'm laboring with you, on this. I'm with you. For some reason, that was a triggering topic for me. That, it, that caught it was me. for me. It, it ruined my juice the whole rest of the day. Like, it completely ruined the vibe. I was like, oh. And then we sat down at a blackjack table, four of us, and there was a fifth guy there. And the guy got pissed that we sat down to play at his table like we're not in Las Vegas. Yeah, that was a weird we, again, I didn't like the people. The whole whole thing was like the people that were in Vegas were not friendly, were not easy to interact with. The people that were working there were awesome. If I was sitting there and some guy got pissed at I said I would have got up and said, I hope you win a lot of money tonight. I hope you win every hand. Fucko. Good luck. <laughs> um, it's a rigged game. Why not get more cards on the table so you can see them? Three anecdotes, though, from, from like the Radio Row experience. Um, one, I texted you this. This is more of a just like this was really random, not even like, oh, my God, I saw this guy kind of a thing. Uh, I had my head down and was trying to coordinate a recording of something for something that had a quick deadline, not paying attention. And as I'm walking, I accidentally infiltrated a large for anyone who's never been to Radio Row, has never seen it. Usually when there's bigger names, they've got like their PR team. They've got like all these people with them that are following them around. I accidentally infiltrated one of those groups while I was walking because it was just the flow of traffic while I was walking. And without even realizing it, I realized I was walking in, not like on the outside, in the middle of Stephen A. Smith's group, his professional (laughs) management group. Eight guys that look just like you walking right around. Yeah. And so it's, it's a star surrounded by eight Joes or four Sean's. And then you're like, all right, cool. What's going on here? That's awesome. You didn't yeah, say that, anything, did you? No, I look I looked up because somebody was on the phone a few feet behind me and goes, That was just Stephen A. Smith who walked past me. And I literally looked up and I go, Where? And I look up and he's right in front of me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. And he just kept walking and I stopped and I was like a little, you know, a little dumbfounded. Watching him, Cam Newton's set was right next to ours. Yeah. And he he had two, like he had way more than you're allowed to have to the point where he encroached on the table next to them. And those people got pissed at his people. Oh, just like actual sets. Set yeah. Room? They br- go look on his Twitter. He's got I like the this... fourth and one set was huge. Yeah. It was it's not, you're not supposed to one. Yeah. You're not supposed okay. to have that much shit. But when Stephen A was on huge crowd around it, when Burt Kreischer and Tom Skur were on huge crowd around it, uh, yeah. Shannon Sharp, same thing. That was cool to see. Um, the second random anecdote I had in like the hustle and, and rush of trying to do something. Somebody left a coffee cup near a wire, big production. No, no, this was made by somebody who doesn't work in production, spilled the cup of coffee because we're yanking and moving wires. Doesn't really get on anything, but gets on the carpet, gets on some of the wires. I'm like, Oh shit. I need to go get some paper towels. There is an enormous, there's always like a couple of brands that are sponsoring a gigantic location 
that is visible throughout the entire radio row because they're marketing. They're one of the title sponsors. So this year it was Bounty. So I'm like, oh, Oh. I'm going to go over to the Bounty thing. They have paper towels. I'm going to go get some paper towels. Run over there. Grab grab a... They had all these rolls on these individual things. They were handing out chicken wings. So like their whole bit was like they were giving out chicken wings and then they were giving you the paper towels oh, as like a way clean to, you are after. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. So bit. I grab a whole roll and one of their people, and I, I said to somebody, like I spilled something. Can I please like where are the paper towels? And I'm, like, I'm sorry. Can I please have some? I'm like, yes. One of the people yells at me because I took the whole roll and I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, you're the paper towel company and you're yelling at me for needing this for something that could not be any more pressing to prove you're the, the better picker of- upper. That's what you're saying. What, what you want to give me one ply so I could see if it gets it all up? Give no, they me- were just mad. I was taking their shit. I'm like, you're the paper towel you're company. The paper ta- you're the paper. T- you can't be the popcorn company and be and be upset when people are like, "Hey, popcorn smells good. Let me go get get some." What are you talking about? <laughs> you paper towels. If something spills, that's kind of your role in the world and society. Maybe it's a short, you're like, God, people always do this. Like being a celebrity, you, you want to hide yourself because you don't want pictures because yeah. everyone wants pictures. But if you're paper towel company and someone needs a paper towel, it's kind of your societal duty to give them a paper towel. What else are you here for? That's what I'm getting at. I was just like, the irony you're you're you should be excited about this opportunity are you kidding yeah, as you a might marketer get a guy right here you're looking at a real life possible future lifer for bounty the quicker pip oh that's swiffer what am i talking yeah. about what is bounty no no i think it's the quicker picker upper i don't i don't i mean i could give two shits i'm i'm down on bounty after that i'm only buying bounty sticks i you know what i'm out on bounty never I'm you never only bounty buying brawny going that. forward all right that's a good note you don't want to talk about our new business venture What's our business venture? Real shitters TM. Oh, the idea that I had <laughs> got sent up being a way longer show than I anticipated. I had pitched to Sean and I had to go to the, you know, I go to the bathroom near the media workroom. And I texted you multiple times. I texted you. One was early in the morning post coffee shit. And I'm like, we're about to find out who the real shitters are here at Radio Row. Like of the media people, of the production people, we're about to find out. First day was not a good one for me in terms of like, actually it was a good one in terms of the environment of, to establish, you know, some dominance. Oh, you had um, a good output on day one. Yeah. You were, yeah, you were yeah, fired yeah. <laughs> there was nobody there to counter me, but the second day I texted you, I'm like, Oh, these guys showed up to play today. I showed up <laughs> down and it was loud. There were I think noises day day. and smells on a new level. These guys came to play. It was yeah. the Super Bowl happened on Thursday in the media workroom. <laughs> and so the idea that I had to Sean was we should make an app where you should be able to check in. Like when there's like a big convention or like a sporting event or something that you're like, Hey, I'm shitting in the, in, in stall one because like, how am I, I can't go, Hey, who's in these bathrooms. I would have loved to have known you don't. Yeah. You didn't do any shoe watching. No, no. Oh, I'm a huge shoe watcher. I gotta know. I got. I, I look at the shoes, and then the next 15 minutes, I walk around looking at the shoes. I can tell you right now, it wasn't a lot of talent that was down there. But I would. <laughs> it would been hilarious if like Booger McFarland's down there, and he's just lighting that shit up. And if I can pull out my phone and be like, "Oh shit, 
Booger, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, you can rate the oh, you can rate the performance. Sure. Yeah, they, I like that. You can. <laughs> there's there's an app that I'm familiar with called Vouch Vault uh, that Jay Chandrasekhar built, and mm-hmm. uh, you can. Ba- it's just basically someone your opinion. You can give an opinion on. You can vouch for something that you like. I think some way there has to be an opinion setting on real shitters tm like i i I can verify this he blew it up but i you might have been naive thinking that day two in vegas wasn't going to be a true hell storm in the bathroom well it was day four technically yeah no i mean i mean there 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 was a lot going on in that bathroom but i think that that was mostly like it should be a networking opportunity you know like it, it really the ones the real public shitters are they're proud of of what's happening in there you know? I, I, we, we share we it's share like for poopers that's what i think it needs to be i don't think it needs to be a <laughs> it doesn't need to be like twitter or like instagram it is the linkedin of shitters we'll have the guys who write out those long essays like i learned <laughs> i was what? at a toilet paper and somebody shared their role with me and this is what i learned have you completely have you completely flipped up your stance because you and i are both you know when we were at rhode island very private looking for the the one seater looking for the nobody in it have you completely flipped up and you're like well hey i'm gonna let it rip in here and it's gonna be everyone else's problem this is why well i was never looking for privacy for that since i was looking for privacy so that i could like sit on my phone and like watch videos and stuff and like not sure. really you know have a little oh, more of like a so mental you're a reset. part of the problem so you're you are a part of the public that it, it will will go out and and no remorse light it up yeah i mean that's the whole point that's the whole point of what we're what we're talking about here but what i'm what i'm saying here what was i saying here i don't even know where we've gone so far off the oh the whole point is this for the b4 events for people that are traveling like i'm not gonna avoid the comfort of my own home but if i'm traveling yeah of course i'm gonna take advantage of the opportunity so this can't be a for-profit app it can't like this just has to be uh, human experiment app i mean we got to find a way to make it profitable <laughs> you well vip status wouldn't get you anything in a public bathroom it's a good point unless we were maybe it should be like twitch where you can give like uh tips to you know like i can send like a super chat like on uh now we're YouTube. tipping the people that we're in the bathrooms with in, in public? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> so here's what I think our, your homework assignment should be for the show, uh, the next one. Uh, you're going to have combine. to combine. Like, gonna... gonna... <laughs> this is going to be the combine in two weeks. <laughs> oh, there's going to be some real shitters <laughs> at the combine. Tra- track the real shitters at the combine, and then we'll, we'll try to build something off of that. We'll see if we can find a direction for it. Because I love the premise. I don't see anybody else trying to do this or even considering it. So we could strike gold, but we need to find the proper direction. I tried to pitch it to my finance buddy. Could not have been shut down any faster than I was. And mind you, this man's unemployed. So like you think he'd be looking for an opportunity that's got some legs to it. I guess he's not in for it. And if I see some new app out called dumps with a Z, 
or something like that, where it's find the best public bathrooms near you, wherever you can find it. No, in the city. that's not that's the point. Not what it's for? It's not that's point. not what it's for. It's, not the it's point. letterboxed for yes, the people. It's letterboxed, blowing it up. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it's got to be. I'm gonna go to the combine. I'm gonna I'm gonna print out like laminated postcards, <laughs> like flyers, <laughs> and I'm just gonna. Would you use this? Can you take a look at this? Hey, while at some point while you're here in Indy, you're gonna need to use the restroom. That's no, none no, of my no, no, business. No, 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 no. I'm not oh. doing it to the people forward facing. I'm gonna be in the bathroom and I'm gonna, you know, slide down. Sli- what sli- are you? What are you sliding? You're sliding under the stall. I'm not sliding under the stall. I'm implying that I'm gonna slide. You're saying you're sliding down. Oh, the flyers. The so flyers you're catching underneath. someone literally with their pants down and giving yeah. them a business card. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Gotcha. So we're kind of going in a guerrilla warfare uh, style of marketing. I, well, like I, gotta, I I can't go to real. Sh- if you're not a real shitter, you're not going to get this. I can't go into a bar and start handing these things out to normal people. They're going to be like, what the fuck was wrong with that? Yeah, guy? Because people no. are vulnerable when they're using I, the bathroom. No, no, it's, but real you're gonna get some mixed reviews on your. <laughs> but the, yes, there's going to be some people the rubbed the wrong way. person could be. There's going to be some people rubbed the wrong way, but the real target audience are the real shitters. They're the ones who are there to put on a performance, and those people are the ones. <laughs> okay. Hand out the card too. Hey man, I really like your shit. <laughs> All right. I see hey, man, vision. I really liked your stuff. I caught you a couple stalls I, down. I see your vision. <laughs> You've got some real, yeah, some real talent for this game. <laughs> I see your vision now. This is for the, you said it and you nailed it. This is for the performers. All right. Those. <laughs> What were you going to say? I'm closing this show out. Well, we just have to have a good tagline or a business card. It has to be something like, hey, get after it. Or, you know, there has to be something that says, for the We're real shitters you. come to party. For you. <laughs> real shitters stand up. You know? No, real shitters sit down. What are you <laughs> Close it. We're not going to get anything better. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.